you do when you meet things that go bump in the night. Animals do what they want, when they want, and where they want. Snakes, bats, bird strikes, and giant spiders. You never know what you'll meet in the wild flight line. This is planes, trains, and animal crossings. Say, fellas, you ever notice just how much of a zoo the flight line or any airport can really be? Like, so I'm from an area that's very tropical. And so there's a whole bunch of wildlife that you mostly won't see. For instance, snakes, right? I know there's snakes in deserts and stuff, but those would be like the poisonous ones. And they normally don't climb trees. So the ones I've seen, they would have these special traps on the fences of every airport. And that's kind of like how you knew you were near an airport is you see all, uh, like a fence line of all of these different traps. And it looked like a, like a whiskey barrel like a small personal size whiskey barrel, kind of like those, uh, like those, uh, Heineken kegs, you know? So picture like those, oh, yeah, yeah. Picture like like a, small, those. a small keg. Yeah. And for the longest time, I didn't know what they were until finally I asked somebody like, Hey, what are those things? Like, Oh, those are snake traps. Like there's actually snakes that come onto the flight line. Like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's our own shitty episode of crocodile hunter, you know, like <laughs> just <laughs> random animals everywhere. <laughs> Well, that's, in, that's interesting. I've never seen a snake. I mean, I've been to numerous airports and I've seen snakes and you name it, parts of an aircraft at airports, but I've never seen an actual snake trap. My, what I grew up knowing what a snake trap was is that uh, my mom would see one in the yard. Uh, she'd scream and then uh, run in the house and then call the neighbor Jack, who was uh, a good old boy out of uh, West by God, Virginia. <laughs> And he will come up with a shovel and dispose of it. <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking, we're, you're talking West Virginia. Is that kind of like that one Netflix show? What is it? Uh, Whites. Um, the Wild Wonderful the Whites of West Virginia. Yeah. Boy, if, nobody, wanna... if, if, if anybody listening here has seen that, we'll know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't seen that, get on Amazon Prime and pull up the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, produced by Johnny Knoxville. And it is an eye-opening experience into the the hard, harsh realities of life deep in the Appalachians. It's uh, it's wild. Shoreline, if you have not seen that, you got something to watch tonight. <laughs> Be prepared. It's really rough. <laughs> it is rough. And, it is rough. <laughs> and uh, and that's part of the world that I'm from. So. <laughs> <laughs> got snakes and meth that hell yeah <laughs> snakes meth and pills <laughs> you know i picture that series being like the deterrent people will use for anti-drug uh campaigns you know what i mean like you, you remember those old uh commercials where it's just a guy with a frying pan he has an egg and it's like this is your brain on drugs yeah yeah, yeah. that's gonna be the new one it's like this is your brain on drugs. It just plays like a, like three episodes from that series. Like, oh my God. It's going to be like the old dare programs. <laughs> if you do meth and pills, snakes are going to come for you. What? <laughs> I don't know how these are related. <laughs> it's that bad. That's how, it's that's that how wild it is. <laughs> Shit's insane. So whiskey, well, like little whiskey barrels on the fence catches snakes. I've never, and that, not, and that's what you guys did in the tropics then. Yeah. Yes. So, it has like two ends and they'll put some bait in the center and the snake somehow climbs up the fence and into the trap. But the doors only open one way and then they get stuck there. And then I guess they bake in the sun until someone routinely goes and checks on the traps to see if, if something got caught. 
Boy, who gets to open up that present? <laughs> right. Imagine that. Uh, what's in here? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but you know what? I'd much rather, much rather do that than deal with a spider of mm. any size. Of I, any size. I, I, that is, ugh. I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. <laughs> which, which brings me to like another being on the airport, right? You'd be, right, we'd be deployed over in the Middle East and there's uh, camel spiders, the everywhere. The everywhere. And they like to hang out in the summertime, especially they like to hang out under the gear or like underneath the main gears or in between the main gear tires or underneath the axle hub, whatever else, uh, and hang out in the shade there. And you would go to pull chocks and those little bastards are not afraid of you. And they come running out both front legs in the air. Oh, shit. And you're trying to smash it with the chocks in your hand, you know, like, oh, get the fuck away. And you just eventually throw the chocks and just run for dear life. So for those of you who've never seen a camel spider before, if you live in the U.S., Go to Yuma, Arizona. There's tons of them. Or are, they, are those camels or those sun spiders? Because they look similar. They, they, I guess, they, I guess they're camels. I guess they're sun spiders. They look similar. They act similar. So for those of you who have a spider phobia, a camel spider <sighs> is everything you would expect to be afraid of. Everything. It looks ugly. It has big teeth that you can see. It chases after you. And they jump. <laughs> and they jump. Yeah. Yeah. We had a guy overseas. It was one night and he was standing there and doing an inspection on a, on an aircraft. And all of a sudden he felt this like slap right on the side of his leg. And he looks down and it was a camel spider. And you want to talk about a grown man, 200 pound man that sounded like a seven year old girl screaming. <laughs> that was that guy, man. And I felt bad for him because, because if it was me, I'd have had to just shoot myself and, and be done with it. <laughs> I could actually picture that. Like, <laughs> It was, it was, it was horrendous. Like we had guys that would be sleeping in their, in their, their hut, their, their tents, you know, so to speak and wake up and want to be sitting on their chest. Uh, we had in the inlets of one of our birds, um, they like to get up in there, especially in the winter time and build nests, their little nests there because of the, it would get the heat off the engine, you know? And then, uh, we looked up in, and you had to, but here's the thing, right? Is you're doing your walk around. We didn't have a stool out by the launch spot. So we had to just reach up in there with our hand. And make sure the inlet was clear. Uh, and you learned real quick that you needed to wear a real thick glove uh, when reaching in. But here's the worst part. is There was a kitten. One killed a damn kitten and drug it up in the inlet and was eating it. A kitten. <sighs> I'll never forget that shit. Yeah. Like I said, man, camel spiders, they're the stuff of nightmares. And if you ever see their, if you ever get brave enough to see their face close up, it looks like uh, the face of Predator. From uh, the movie Predator, where it has yeah. like two two bites going, biters or mandibles going one way, and another set of mandibles going the other way, and then when they bite or whatever, they they open up all huge, just like Predator when he screams. Yeah, and they almost like when you see him eat something, they they like do a scissor, like they all work in tandem to do like a scissor action. It's it's the creepiest. It's kind of fascinating to watch, but it's it's creepy at the same time. But uh, as six can probably attest to, uh, how many how many times did you guys catch scorpions and camel spiders and throw them in a container together, and uh, that was your entertainment for the afternoon? Oh, that was the thing to do, man. Like every deployment, I swear, like they need to make rules against that stuff. Or oh, I think they did make rules against it, but you would always fuck mess around with the wildlife, especially when it came to camel spiders because they're so fast and they're so uh, aggressive. And you didn't care if they died. Yeah, we because there were tons of them. So. We would catch these things, put them in jars, ammo cans, fish tanks, uh, boxes, whatever we can do that where they cannot climb or jump out. And we'll find whatever walks of life just to see what would happen. We'll drop scorpions in there, see if they'll fight each other. We'll drop ants, 
or uh, Beatles if they uh, jump in there. Yeah, with them? there was most of the Beatles. They would they would shred in an instant, neat. But there was this one we found in Iraq, and it had it had two massive like pincers or mandibles that stuck out pretty far in front of it. And then inside of that was two smaller serrated mandibles. And as soon as we dropped that in the bucket, that spider knew exactly what it was because he pressed himself up to the side of the bucket and was only his, the only thing touching the bottom of the bucket was his, his two front legs. And the rest of it was holding up and he wouldn't move. And that beetle was kind of just walking around through all the carcasses of everything that spider had eaten, just whatever. And as soon as it figured out where the spider was at, that was it. And it latched on to the, to the ass end of that spider and just shredded him. I couldn't believe it. Because nothing had been able to kill that spider to that point. But as soon as that went in there, that spider was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> that that kind of reminds me of Friday, you know, when everyone's all having a good time and talking shit. Then here comes Debo in his busted-ass bike. <laughs> uh, all you hear, yeah, all you hear is the squeaking wheel, squeaky wheel of the bike. Like, Shit's oh, Debo. <laughs> hide your chains. Hide your chains. Put your money away. Take off your watch. What you got on my 40, Craig? What you got on my 40, Camel Spider? Like, oh, no. oh man, nothing. <laughs> Damn, my, my grandmama gave me that chain. <laughs> so going a little bit more off topic, man. Actually, I had a, a station chief when I was um, in the recruiting office. This dude was big, like diesel, straight diesel. And we used to call him Debo because he literally looked like Debo, like tall, bald, just jacked and tan, like had a mean look to his face. Yeah. And he had a deep Darth Vader voice. Like this dude's scary. I later found out that same person was a, he did a stint as a stuntman. So he was in the move. He was in the TV show Renegade. He was in Mortal Kombat. And then I think his, one of his bigger achievements is he was in this, uh, not American Gladiators, but he was in this other show. It was similar to American Gladiators. And he was one of the Gladiators. And then his wife actually was in American Gladiators. Like, holy shit. Look at that small world. No wonder why you're freaking huge. <laughs> God, their kids must have just been monsters. Yeah. Many Hulks walking around. You know what I mean? Yeah. His son was like the fastest kid in America when he was 10. Something like that. Yeah. So now I think now he's a quarterback uh, for a university. I forget which state, but he had a full ride like nobody's business. That's dope. That's one thing I've always been jealous of. I wish I had the athletic ability to have been picked up by a school on a, on a scholarship, on an athletic scholarship to play. I, you know, I would have taken any sport. How do you feel <laughs> about water polo? Great. I'm a terrible swimmer, but sure. Right. You know what I mean? Like uh, anything. That would have been that would have been awesome because I love sports, but uh, but uh, genetics genetics said otherwise. Yeah, I'm a, I only qualify for the ESP. Only qualified the for the Ocho sports, you know. ESPN H the Ocho dodgeball. There you go. Heck yeah, combat dodgeball. We're only qualified for intramural sports. Well, you still have to play sports. Yeah, it was just kind of like everybody meeting out in the quad and throwing a frisbee. How do you feel about frisbee golf? What? I don't, I don't okay. even know how to play okay. that. But here, look at us now. We're here. Here we are uh, scraping bats off a plane. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of bats on a plane, we had one that hit, we had a probe sticking off the front of one of our planes and, uh, we had a bird, bird land late one night and, uh, shish kebab right on it was a bat. And then we had another one and there's these little nose lenses, uh, on the, uh, front of this specific plane as well. And we had, and it's probably three inches in diameter, maybe, maybe a little bit, eh, maybe, maybe like four to five inches in diameter. Either way, not very big. And you had to be super accurate 
to uh, to hit this. And we had one come back, and it and we noticed the lens was blown out and blown inward. So we take off, you know, we open open up the uh, bay, and we look inside, and it's just blood splattered, just a mist, just and debris and matter all over the inside of this uh, payload bay. And we're like, what the? Turns out it was a bat, and the bat hit perfectly through that lens, and then just grenaded itself all over the inside. And fortunate for me at the time, that was an avionics problem. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is all this? Like, uh, Good question, Frank. I don't know, but it smells terrible, and it looks like uh, you got some cleaning up to do. Also, we got to relaunch this plane in like an hour, so pitter-patter. Just don't touch the blood. You might get rabies. (laughs) (laughs) So a similar bat story, man. This was in Australia. And it was in close to the outback Australia. And these bats, I don't know what the hell they were feeding them, but they were huge, like baby pterodactyl bats. I promise. Oh, those you. like the flying foxes? Uh, I think they're same, similar, but they're not as big. Okay. Flying foxes, they're, it literally sounds just like that. It's a flying fox. But yeah, I mean, their head looks like a fox. It's so these big. Things, so these things, they must be a similar family, but they were big. Like I think wingspan wise was maybe about three feet. Gross. Right. So picture this thing's like, it's the Batman. <laughs> it's the freaking Batman. Jesus. Or baby pterodactyls. And we were doing an exercise uh, in the outback. And I just remember when the plane landed, the crew chief came out and they said they want, they needed to do a bird strike inspection because it was dark. They couldn't, we couldn't see. It was like a bird strike. What the hell kind of birds are flying around out here? And we go out to the plane. We see like the crack, not a crack, but it kind of like a like a blood splatter on the wind windscreen. And there it was just chilling on the side of the door, like this big freaking Batman sized bat. Like, holy shit. (laughs) Please please tell me it was dead though. It's not one of those super Hulk bats where it's like, it smacked the windshield and it was just hanging on like, damn it, that hurt. But I'll, I'll recover. No, it, no, it died. It for sure died. It was like, it was like half smashed. It looked like uh, like someone made a Play-Doh bat and then just kind of hit it with a frying pan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. Ugh. It was gross. We had to scrape it off, and then, but it was it was so big, and we actually we we were just shocked that a bat hit the windscreen. Could grow that size. Yeah. So we so we made, we 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 were stupid and bored that night. So we got a cardboard box and made it to look like a coffin, and uh, made a eulogy and all kinds of dumb stuff. <laughs> <laughs> here here lies Bruce. <laughs> he was a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> So you were talking earlier about, uh, uh, you know, in your homelands of the snake traps and all that. What other kind of mitigation efforts did did airfield did that airfield have or those airfields have out there uh, for birds, for bats, for I don't know if you guys had rabbits at all or if you had like, you know, uh, other wildlife. Because where I grew up, right, our biggest things we'd have rabbits, deer, turkeys, foxes, because foxes were chasing the turkeys. Uh, a bunch of small birds, and um, I guess that's about it. You know, for for larger stuff that could fly or, or, or do some real damage, you know. And like, you know, as you guys might have probably seen on TV, like a lot of places use hawks. And so we had a guy there with a hawk, and he would fly around and swoop down, and the hawk would swoop down and scatter all the birds every so often, or it would find a rabbit and it would nail the rabbit. But then, like, I remember the first time I saw this was in. Uh, Cape Canaveral, Florida, and they had these big air cannons, and it sounded like shotgun blast, but every, I don't know, every 10 to 15 minutes, bang, and it would just shoot a big puff of air out of this tube, but it sounded like a shotgun, but it was to scare the birds off, you know, so every every 10 to 15 it would go off, but I think it just scared me more than anything. <laughs> that's not the pigeon pooping, that's me. <laughs> so, uh, as far as, 
animal control. I know they had like a bunch of trucks that would just per- patrol the perimeter. And then we got the traps. And I know there was other stuff there. Like, uh, you guys had wild boars too. How'd you guys keep them out? I mean, obviously there's a fence there, but I'm sure that there's a way they could dig root underneath or, or breach the fence. Yeah, we do have boars, but I think they're very anti people because they would just, they would do everything as much as possible to avoid humans. And I think that's what made the fun in trapping them when it came time for like food and festivals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the wild pigs, anyway, they were very skittish about being anywhere near humans unless they're domesticated already. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, because pigs one of the few animals that can that can turn feral to non-feral, and it can do it many many times throughout its life. So you could take a wild boar domesticate it and it will start to over time lose its hair or majority of its hair and its tusk will start to reduce and its skull will actually change shape right uh so a boar's head you know is pretty flat and then a domesticated pig has more of a an angle to it from the skull to the snout but a pig over time so you take a wild boar and domesticate it and over time his skull will change shape but then if that pig gets out of the pen and goes back into the wild They'll start to grow their hair again. Their tusks will start to grow, and their skull will start to change back to nature's perfect shovel. Isn't that, isn't that amazing, though? Like I've seen some of those wild boars, like and like you said, like they like to shovel. They'll throw mud and all kinds of stuff everywhere. They'll dig trenches and uh, like uproot certain certain things. It's wild, like just how fast those things can adapt once they're led back into their natural habitat. Yeah. So I, I didn't know because they they can do massive amounts of damage. So that's what I was thinking like how did you guys keep them off the airport because keep them from getting into flower beds to to over where people were at to run from running across the runway because you hit a pig in a plane that's that's a bad day oh yeah i can only imagine and pigs you know like they they're like the same makeup as humans so like when their blood splatters everywhere it's going everywhere yep. <laughs> and they stink too so that smell is just never gonna wash out for some time no i raised pigs growing up i can tell you uh the area I grew up in, we all kind of, well, you're kind of nose blind because everybody kind of smelled the same way, but you might leave the area on vacation or whatever, and the smell is just embedded in your skin no matter how many times you shower. The smell is just, it's it's a part of you. Yeah, and I, I could say that to effect because I remember we were in this one flight line, and it was right next to a pig and sheep farm, and whatever it is they're feeding them, we know. Because when the morning sun comes, all that all that stink and methane and whatever have you they were giving them floats over to the airfield and then that stink just sticks to everything. It's like fiberglass. It just sticks to everything. And no matter what you do, no matter what diffuser or scented Yankee candle you got, it just smells like Yankee candle and shit. <laughs> That's two really, 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 really uh, strong smells competing there for uh, to be number one. Right. It's like a UFC fight for smells and the the... The, the sheep shit is winking or winning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember growing up, I heard a long time, you know, a long time ago there um, back home and they said somebody hit a deer, a white tailed deer with a plane. And I don't think, it, I don't think it was a jet, like a big jet. I think it was like a small prop job, probably like a small Cessna 172 or something, but it, it like did enough damage where it damn near collapsed the front gear back. So it pushed the front gear back and you know, the, so it was kind of riding at a. The aircraft was riding at a steep angle, but they had to redo a bunch of work on that. I mean, because so the deer in the area I grew up in can get, you know, two hundred pounds. The white tail, two hundred, two hundred, two hundred fifty pounds, and uh, that's a big animal. 
Wait, what your deers where you're at, man. They're talking like anything what six point or more, those things can take a hit, you know. Oh, I know. I know. It's it's pretty interesting to say the least. But again, they had fences up there too, but deer can jump pretty high, so the fences around the airport are at least 10, 10 feet. Right. Most there cuz I don't I don't know a deer who's got ups like that. They got ups, but not that good at ups, you know. <laughs> they got jumps, you know. <laughs> white tail can jump. <laughs> I think that was a movie, right? Oh no, white yeah, man yeah. can't jump. No, no, no. White, white tail can jump. Now you get, <laughs> then you get certain areas, right? Like say Australia or Hawaii, for instance, they got those special animals like mongoose or, um, or kangaroos, kangaroos. Now those things can take a hit, right? When I, when I've never seen a kangaroo for almost all my life. And my depiction of a kangaroo was exactly as I saw in a Looney Tunes cartoon. You know, yep. it's like just like this thing with this big head and a pair of boxing gloves, you know. And then when I saw one in real life, this was, I think, 2008, 2000, no, sorry, 2007, when I first saw a kangaroo. And they look like that, <laughs> you know, I mean, minus the face, it wasn't all big like a light bulb. But they when they're when they start ready to fight, they stand up straight up with their tails on to kind of hold them up and they stick their chest out like they're ready to box. I'm like, wow, they really do that. No wonder why cartoons have like, them depicted as square boxers. up, bro. Yeah, straight up, <laughs> we're up, bro. And so that's how they fight. So they'll stand up and then they'll use their tails kind of like a like a tripod and they'll kick each other in the chest. That's how they would fight. They got some pretty massive claws too, from what I understand, right? Oh yeah, those things will tear you up. And you know, picture this thing can hop like 30 feet on a, on a bound. So imagine when it's doing a full kick like it wants to hurt you to the chest. <laughs> yeah, you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that. Did you ever see the video where... It went. I don't know if it went viral, so to speak, but it was going around the internet for a little bit. But there was this, there was this kangaroo, and it was holding this dog in like a headlock. And so the guy, the you know, the, the owner of the dog ran out there into the field to uh, to help his dog out. And as he ran up to the the kangaroo, the kangaroo let go of the dog. The dog takes off running, and the kangaroo kind of squares up on the guy in a typical Australia fashion. The guy just rears back and cold cocks this this kangaroo and the kangaroo is like had the stun look like what the fuck just happened to me i've never had that happen before this and then the guy just turn, turns around and walks off and the kangaroo is just like i it just stood there and watched him walk away like i don't know what the fuck just happened <laughs> i was like you're not supposed to hit the face bro <laughs> not just the walk face. Up here and hit me what the hell's going on in the chest yeah. man in the chest <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> God, I was like, I mean, that's a ballsy dude to walk up and do that to a roo. Yeah, heck yeah. And those things will tear you up, man. Just out of control. And now you would hear stuff about like the people do for sharks too. Like, oh, if a shark's about to bite you, just punch it in the nose. Like, Yeah, but I'm underwater and I'm not Muhammad Ali. You know what I mean? Like, I'm <laughs> 100%, bro. Let me just go ahead and punch this five foot shark in the face. <laughs> See how that turns out. Sounds good. I'll definitely think about that while I'm definitely not shitting myself in the ocean. Uh, there was this one Netflix show. It was, a, I think it was an Adam Sandler movie. It was about uh, the wrong the wrong missy oh my i think God. it's called yeah yeah, yeah. where yeah, yeah. uh where what's it rob schneider like straight cold clocks a, a great white shark in the face <laughs> yeah punches it right in the, right in the face oh my it, it was because he had a, he was missing a hand right <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was missing oh like, my god shoreline have you seen that movie no it's it, it's a netflix only movie but it's uh david spade is the uh main guy in it and it's got um nick uh swartzen in it too oh no i haven't seen it oh it's called the wrong missy it is it is hysterical it's funny and then the movie just to me the movie just kind of ended they were like man this is really funny we could keep this going for a while but they're like but we got to end it somewhere so then they just end it you know what i mean but it's 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 comical to say the least 
So it'd be funny if it was that same Rob Schneider that got uh got messed up from that one uh, other movie. What's it? Fifty First Dates. That would have been funny. Oh, hey, look, yeah. continuity. <laughs> that would have been funny, actually. I didn't even think about that. But like you're going back to where like animals can adapt to their environment when they're put back in it. It's a totally different thing when the animals decide to make your flight line their environment. <laughs> you know, like uh, camel spiders, for instance, or snakes. Snakes, for instance. I recall times where I would be inside a cargo aircraft and I'm reaching through to clean out the seats and then out pops a snake. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm thinking it's a seatbelt, but it's a snake. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> this seatbelt feels really weird. Why is it moving? Why is it moving? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what what car, what uh, what plane was that on? It was on a CH-53, matter of fact. The, the buff horse. The, the oh, buff the buff horse. horse. And where, where, where was this aircraft, uh, where was this helo located while you were doing this inspection? This this one was in, not Australia. It was what, it was. Uh, Australia's got all the crazy stuff, huh? Yeah, Australia's, just, dude, those guys are crazy, man. That's why all That's why all their cities are on the outer rim. They'd stay away from the middle, just kind of like in Jurassic Park in our previous episode. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're on, on, on the outskirts of where they live is dangerous ocean creatures. And then inboard is every what five out of seven deadly deadliest snakes in the world, plus scorpions, plus plus spiders, plus you know koalas and wombats. Right, and everything about that place says people should not live here, but yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean talk about everything bad that lives in one spot. That place has got it. Uh, the the crazier ones is when you get the small snakes that not just look like seaboats, but they look like uh, like cables oh know? yeah yeah and they hide look like little vines in a tree yeah yeah brr. you know so like say imagine like you're an avionics person you pop a panel and you're thinking it's just a another cable bone you go to reach it and it comes out and like slithers out like oh shit <laughs> now have you ever had uh found a dead snake or a partially frozen snake so one that was in the aircraft and then it took off and went to altitude flew a mission came back and uh froze to death while at altitude i never had a I, situation i never to that effect. yeah i i i heard a guy talk about that one time the the only thing i've ever found i've never found an actual snake in a plane um but I did find the skin, so there had been a snake there, and it shed its skin and moved on, but left its skin behind, and that was that was bad enough because that just makes you go, oh shit, it's in here somewhere. And you were expecting Sam, and you're expecting Samuel L. Jackson to pop out at any moment. I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's how it should be. Anytime you find any type of type of wildlife on a plane, you know. From snakes to spiders, like, I'm tired of these motherfucking... <laughs> I, I would have to say the worst experiences for me in dealing with wildlife on a flight line uh, was was the camel spiders. And then uh, working on the corporate side of things, was working out in Palm Springs. Actually, it was further than that. It was thermal. So it would be the closest private airport to what everyone knows is where Coachella is held. All right, so I was on that ramp, uh, and it was right around the time Coachella was going on, but I was there at like 2 a.m. fixing some wealthy people's uh, private planes, and it was a small private jet, and uh, to get into the hellhole of that was pretty difficult for a, a guy of, of any size, really, but uh, I was working on a, a relay panel, and uh, I had to lay across the batteries, and uh my feet couldn't, I couldn't fit all the way inside, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. And my feet kind of had to hang out and I had like a chair or a stool 
out there to where I could like rest my feet on top of while I'm laying there working on stuff. And uh, you know how like a dog's nails sound on like linoleum or tile or concrete, you know, hear that little sound. And uh, I hear that and I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? And then I hear that and I was like a growl. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like my feet are hanging out. I can't, there's nothing I can do. So all I do is take my wrenches and smack on the on the on the uh, fuselage to make some noise, and then start shouting, "Get out of here!" You know, like I'm a real big tough man. <laughs> and uh, I waited a few minutes, and then I hear the nails kind of move around, move around, and then I hear them kind of wander off. So I slowly crawl out of the back of this aircraft, and I'm like looking all underneath, around, like make sure it's not whatever it was was still close by. And I finally get out a, a more powerful flashlight I had, so I start shining across the ramp, and I see there's two eyes. So it was a coyote. Coyote was coming across the ramp, and. Uh, he was growling at me, and I was like, Jesus Christ, get the hell, yeah. The coyotes will mess you up, too, They man. will. Like, uh, They're smart. Like, I've heard some stories where coyotes are easy to frighten, but I've also heard similar stories where coyotes will gang up on dogs and stuff like that, or whatever it is they're trying to get at. Yep. I've even heard stories where they'll befriend a dog. Like, let's say there's a chicken coop in the backyard. So they'll, they'll befriend a dog, and they'll actually play with the dog to get it on its side, and then they'll just move in and start raiding the, the chicken coop. And the, and the dog's just like, ha, 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 we're all friends, though. It's cool. It's fine. And then the owner comes out the next morning, like, what the hell? All my chickens. And the dog's like, yeah, but I got some new friends. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool, right, Master? We're all, we're all cool, right? We're friends, right? Like, you're the worst guard dog ever. Yeah. Oh, man. But that, th- those are my two crazy experiences. I think my worst experience... Besides the snake thing where it almost bit the shit out of me was, uh, this was in Yuma, Arizona. And I had to crawl up into the hellhole of, uh, Huey and this aircraft hasn't done anything for some time. So it just kind of sat there idle for a little bit. And I go up, had to go up in there for, I forget what for. And as soon as I crawl underneath, I see like a bunch of spider webs in it. And so you're in the hellhole. Yeah, so I'm in the hell hole. I put, I'm already popped my head in there, and I look around, and I see spiderwebs all over the place. And like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's like that scene in Harry Potter, you know, where you could hear them coming down from the trees and whatnot. Like, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> and so I left. Uh, I freaking got out there. I freaking ran like a, the scariest person ever. I ran out, and then I told somebody, like, hey, you guys might want to try to flush out the hell hole some way, somehow, because there's a bunch of spiderwebs in there. And then other people just like looking at me like they just had the scary story themselves, you know, kind of like survivors of a horror story. Like, you too? <laughs> like uh, like other saw victims. Yep. You know? Oh my God, it was terrible. And then I found out those spider webs were actually Black Widow spiders. So I'm like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> I just went into a hive of Black Widow spiders. Like, no, sir. Uh, Never again. No way. So, what, so how do you clean them out? What do you have to do? Throw one of those bug bombs in there, close the door and come back in a week? I have no idea. I just like, you know what? I'm not going into any more hell holes until we leave this fucking place. Somebody <laughs> else's problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, told you, I told you about it. So whatever uh, cleaning procedure we got to do i mean we'll, we'll do it then but right now fuck today <laughs> oh my god there's no way i could there's no way i could work knowing that there's spiders all over the place i mean i was i, I think i told you the other day i was driving to work and the tiny i'm talking a tiny little spider dropped down from the bill of my hat and i damn near wrecked the car i damn near wrecked my car yeah all over the road like oh shit took my hat and threw it across the thing it's like wow he's having a bad day and then i thought i got rid of him then i pull into the parking spot at work and i look down and it's crawling across my lap crawling across my thigh 
And I squished it on my thigh, and I think the bug guts were still there throughout the rest of the day. But that was, I, I don't do spiders, man. Creepy. Like you said, you, you get those Hulk spiders, you know, where like you smush them, you think they're dead, and they just pop right up and keep going. Like, what the hell? They look at you like, <laughs> hey, bitch. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> say, say something again. And they, like, oh, they kind of do that. They kind of flex on you where they kind of like move to you real quick. And you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn. Take my wallet, you know? <laughs> just take my money and go. <laughs> now, I've seen some uh, some cartoonists. They um, they made like these uh, little short animated gifs or videos to help people with arachnophobia. So they try to make the spider look all cute and whatnot, like this tiny little thing and all cute. And like some of the things a spider would say to you to be all nice. So it'll put like the little anime eyes on or whatever, or the overdub, a, a yeah. child, like a child's voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I sh- I showed that to some of my friends, and they they're just that definitely afraid of spiders. Like, no, nah, fuck that thing, because <laughs> yeah. it still looks like a spider. It doesn't look like a cartoon. It looks like a no kidding spider. So, so on the subject of gross and disgusting things, did you guys have did you guys have banana spiders there where you grew up, like in like in Hawaii? The scariest bugs I've seen in Hawaii were centipedes. Those things are disgusting. Oh, I never ran across those. Is it like the super the super fat one that looks like a uh, that looks like a dash? Like or like a you know a dash two cable like real fat yeah yeah and they you know like you can't that's the ones where their mouth their jaws are big and you can't tell which ends the the head yeah 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 oh I didn't know they had those there I never saw one when I was when I was stationed there heck yeah they're everywhere now and it, and some of these I, I'm not sure which ones of them are poisonous but I did want to figure it out because they do get pretty big like about five six inches i think heck no no that's <laughs> absolutely no. no i remember i remember walking through like a banana tree orchard there in uh hawaii and i just remember seeing a, a banana spider on one of the trees and it was like it was it was terrifying it's the biggest spider i've ever seen in my life I like massive long legs huge bodies uh i guess they go after birds a lot but they're that they're, they're that kind of size but it was grotesque are those, are those the ones that has like a like a black abdomen, but it has some yellow on it? Yeah. Too? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I have seen those. Matter of fact, and that match, there's a lot of those in Guam too. But um, they call them something else. They don't call them banana spiders. I think they call them garden spiders because you see them, especially with people who like to grow their own stuff for garden, mm-hmm. right? And so you see like five or six of them, like just with their little their web all over the damn place. Like, yeah, I'm, that's a big no for me, friend. I gotta <laughs> tell you, I have goosebumps, and I've had them this entire time. We've been talking because I just can't. now I keep looking around me in my current situation <laughs> where I'm sitting and I'm like, I feel like there's one crawling on me. Now I'm looking down at my feet and I'm like, oh, there's one that's going to come down from the ceiling. And it's uh, just watch that anime cartoon, man, with the with the cute spider. <laughs> that's not going to help me. I can tell you that. I've seen that before. <laughs> I, 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 it's horrible. Now, I think what well, probably the coolest um, animal encounter that I've seen was with an owl. So this was in San Diego. We're in a hangar in San Diego and we're doing uh, like a helicopter work in, on nights. And we just hear like this weird screech, like not even a screech, but a squeak. It sounds like a mouse squeak, like, okay. It's like, or like a, or like a cat, like a cat squeaking. We're like, what the heck is that noise? Right. And then this rat crawls out and goes to the middle of the hangar. I was like, Oh, maybe it's a rat making that squeak. And then, but then we hear the squeak again. And then out pops this owl from the from the rafters and snatches up the rat and takes it off into the darkness. Oh dang! I'm like, whoa, that was cool. <laughs> I've never seen that happen. I've seen uh, like my experience with an owl is we were overseas uh, in an undisclosed location, another desert. Uh, 
but it wasn't Iraq or Afghanistan. That's about all I can say to it. But I remember I was, we had uh, wings off because we were doing a, a, a hit. Uh, I don't remember what phase inspection we were doing, but one where the wings had to come off. We had them in a wing cart, and I'm walking by, and I hear the same thing, like a little chirp or a squeak or something. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I look down, and inside the wing, sitting on the spar, was an owl, like a little tiny barn owl. And I, Now, keep in mind, here's the craziest part of this and why I mentioned you know, the, sort of the location earlier. There is not a tree for a 1,000 miles in any direction. So how the hell this owl got there? is beyond me. Now, I don't know because we were uh, sharing the base with the local uh, local military. So maybe they brought them out there because they had like a, a tower and some hangars and stuff. So maybe they, you know, hand carried these owls out there to fight to combat rodents, so to speak. And they just let him loose in the hangar and he made his way to ours. I don't know. But uh, that was fun getting him out of the wing. I can tell you that. Like we, we we went there and got like pieces of chicken from the chow and we're like, hey buddy, and we're like hanging it up in front. We lay it on the like the spar <laughs> out front and see if he'd walk out and grab it. And he did. He came out and grabbed it. But then uh, like two days later, we we're finally able to get him to to leave altogether. And then and then with cats, you mentioned cats. So in like Iraq, right? You'd see a camel spider be in the middle of the night, and we had light alls everywhere. So little generator, little generators with lights up. Uh, light towers on them essentially six knows what i'm talking about and i'm sure shoreline probably has an idea as well but uh you'd see a camel spider come running out from the from the the shrubs and you'd see it kind of slowly making its way across the ramp kind of zigzagging back and forth and you'd see a cat slowly creeping out of the shadows and then the cat would just sprint across the ramp and bounce on that spider it was a it was a fight for a little bit but the cat the cat would win but i guess that would be a pretty pretty decent meal for a cat a starving cat in the middle of a desert, you know, be a lot of protein. I mean, holy cats. I think the craziest thing I've seen with a cat is this was, I get, I get, I can't remember the aircraft of it, but we were, we were looking around and you, you know, you notice how when cats are in the dark, their eyes glow a little different or they shine a certain way. So we're looking and we see the, like the engine intake, uh, the engine intake cowling. And we see like this, this little glimmer in the inside. At first we thought like, God damn it. Someone left the tool in the damn intake. So we go closer. Then we see two of them like, what the hell is that? And then I guess we spooked the cat and I'll pops the cat like, oh, shit, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> now, now we in Afghanistan, I remember we had over uh, by one of our connexes, we had a pallet where we would keep like certain pods and stuff on. And I remember uh, we didn't have any pods on it. And we got the direction to go and clean up that area and and consolidate and get rid of the old crappy pallets and whatever else. And we, there's probably 15 pallets stacked up there and a couple different piles. And we moved them out of the way and a lizard, this lizard runs out there, but I'm not talking about any lizard. You kind of used to say it was a, this thing, I swear to God, was a fucking mini Komodo dragon. You guys, it was, it was huge. I've never, I mean, it like it was big and I, I had no, and until that day I had no idea such a thing existed. Uh, in that country, I was like, it, I'm telling you, it was a mini Komodo dragon. Looked like one, ran like one, had big claws like one. And then I'm like, holy cow! So fast forward to like two deployments later, and I'm back at that same same location. And I was running the perimeter, and there was one sitting on the wall, like our perimeter wall, just like clutched to the side of the wall, just hanging out there. And I'm telling you, this thing had to weigh at least ten pounds. 
And I'm like, I don't know how you're clutched to the wall right now, but I'm going to just do this big arch around your ass and carry on. <laughs> it's like a, like Godzilla pre-nuclear fallout, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, it kind of looked like, like, like that a little bit. Yeah. It was crazy. I, I had no idea that s- such creatures existed where I was at. And had I had known that, I'd probably taken uh, a less careless uh, approach to many things that I did. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's it's crazy like how much you can do or think you can do until you see animals decide to like make your your place their new territory. <laughs> what about what about you Shoreline? Uh in your uh travels and ventures, what what's your animals experiences? Um honestly, um animals try to stick away from the loud noises that we produce. So, uh unfortunately, I don't think I have too much to to add to this one this has been very fun to to listen i to mean n- n- like nothing in setup though right it's been an empty venue for a month and you come back in and there's been some creepy crawlers that decided to make their home honestly no because a, a lot uh, except for the summertime especially because of where i'm at a lot of times what it is 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 i'm working in, in a lot of casinos so it's a lot of indoor stuff where people are still you know uh, walking around the occasional spider and stuff like that here and there, but uh, nothing like uh, nothing like that. I mean, you ever had a thing where like a, a curious bear came through cause there was food, right? Yeah. It's a lot of loud noises, but bears are also like opportunists. And they're like, yeah, I'll suffer through the noise to get this half eaten cheeseburger. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of one, man. Uh, that, I feel like that would be one that I would remember. Dang. You know, we should, we should reach out and, and, and find, and uh, to like uh like a forest service or something like that and, and talk to their air division and say, Hey, what's you guys as animal? Cause I imagine somebody like, Oh yeah, we had a moose incident or a, I'm sure bears would be a, a common thing like up around Yosemite. I don't know, but I'd be, uh, I'd be curious to know what their, what their stories are. Hey, could you imagine a moose like just damaging an aircraft? I mean, I'm sure like they're probably as big as some of them, you know, <laughs> you know, I just learned, I just learned yesterday that there are moose in Northern uh, Arizona. Really? I had no idea they would come that far south. Um, I knew there was some. I thought they only came as far south as like northern Utah, but uh, I didn't. Even, I didn't. Even, I didn't even think they came south at all. I thought they were mostly up towards well, Canada. I, same thing. So I did some re- research yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, okay, northern Utah." I was like, "I can, you know, see that maybe coming down through Idaho, these less lesser populated areas." But uh, I had no idea northern northern. But the area, you know, was this hiker, and he was going through. It was called the Uinta Highline Trail, and there's some couple of standing lakes there, and some bigger trees and stuff. So, but it just it still looks like the wrong environment to see a moose. So, like shoreline, going back to what uh, MBP was saying about like you leave your stuff for the weekend or for whatever have you, and you come back and stuff just made them their home. I see many of occasions where birds, especially birds, you leave your your aircraft however you wished over the weekend, and you come back and then there's like full on nests all over the place. <laughs> like I was gone for two days, and to add to that, so last week you know out hiking, backpacking through the backcountry Yosemite. And uh, it was the first night, and I wake up the next morning, crawl out of my tent, and I'd left my clothes laying on the on the rock next to the uh, tent, you know, to dry out and whatever. And I had my socks there, and on top of my socks, a spider had made, like, the sock was kind of wrinkled up, so it was kind of a half tunnel, you know? And he had made a full tunnel with his web over top, 
on on top of my sock in one night. Like just, I was like, it seemed too ornate of a thing to be done in one night. But uh, long story short, his life ended that day. <laughs> I thought you were say like, like so much for that sock. <laughs> no, because no, that was the only pair of socks I had. I had to take them. <laughs> ditch the sock <laughs> well, sorry about that the socks are staying <laughs> <laughs> yep nope it's yours now your germs <laughs> but uh but in typical chicken fashion i had my dad's the one who had to kill it <laughs> <laughs> i'm 32 years old what a chicken shit huh <laughs> <laughs> hey man I, I i've seen people with their own share of fears and that's just crippling fear you know there's just happen to be spiders so it's hard what can i say so with all that like uh what would can what can either of you suggest that what a control measure can be to mitigate all these uh animals making their your place their habitat well i mean you all have your uh most most outfits or units have their uh, plugs and caps and everything else cover your pedos to cover your inlets to cover you know airspeed and in statics and all that and just make sure they're covered and that uh to minimize your your chances of something small crawling inside and ruining your day um otherwise you know before you go into an area to work just give it a real good once once over look because that uh, second glance you know might uh, save you from stepping on a snake or or touching a spider or really anything you know you mean make the make sure the aircraft is safe for maintenance what, what a concept, a concept. <laughs> uh, or, and i guess and i guess to talk to the again to the incident with the coyote out in uh palm springs area uh, maybe just have a radio set up close by to uh, hopefully maybe the the sound of that would deter it enough. I I don't know. Well, then you then you also then you got stuff like traps, uh, fences, uh, whatever those needles are to keep pigeons from nesting on ledges. Sure, and although those would be more of the airfield uh, director's uh, job to ensure those are in place, not the actual maintainer themselves. But still. And uh, like like of all things, animals are very opportunistic. They will if you leave an opening, they will take it. Just kind of like like anybody, really. If if it's laid there or if it's open for them to get to, they will get to it. Yep. Uh, and if you're working in uh, high humidity areas that have lots of uh, mosquitoes, make sure you carry some off. Because I'm telling you, in Sugarland, Texas, they got mosquitoes that sound like small biplanes flying around there. <laughs> Big sun. Or what, what's the what's the other stuff other than off? It starts with a D. Would you know what it's called? Um, Deet, I think it is. It's like a like a paste. You just kind of smear oh, yeah, it. Oh yeah, 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 you're your, right. On your yep. clothes, you're right. Or a can or canela candles, right? Is that what it's called? Canela candles. Yeah. Although if you're working on a fuel system, I suggest maybe keeping that candle a little further away. <laughs> <laughs> True that. You're right. You're right. You're right. Save save that for the office. You know. <laughs> yeah. Save that for your for your desk or around your van, whatever you're working out of. <laughs> right. You could put it next to your tools, so that way they're not nesting in your tools. <laughs> or or have somebody working with you who's more delicious than you. Right. <laughs> oh man. So like animals, man, they they're gonna do what they want, and like we were saying all along, you know, when you encounter them, uh, some of them they'll be really shocking. And what MVP was saying earlier is you gotta mitigate the the opportunity for them to get there. Uh, I.e., you like plug in the holes, but uh, capping uh, plugs and whatnot, because the last thing you want to do is have to deal with an animal who now thinks your home is its home and starts to get defensive, especially when something's big enough to actually hurt you. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and if you do getting a bit, bit scratched, touching, I guess, even if you come in contact with the blood of said animal, uh, you know, uh, get to it, get to a medical help right away. If, if 
you start to notice anything. Uh, you know, it's a pretty pretty taboo thing to speak amongst maintainers, but uh, and I got made fun of it for a, a lot, but. I always wore gloves for everything, whether it be uh, no matter what time of the year, but I always had gloves on and uh, it might, if it was wintertime, I had working gloves with nitrile gloves underneath of them. But that'll just save, that might just be the extra layer of skin you need to, uh, you know, if you have to clean up like the back guts, like you were talking there in Australia, I mean, it's anything you got to do to, to minimize contact with those, those animals because uh, you don't know what you get. Right, right. So PPE, like have standard practices for animals if you ever do encounter them. And then make sure you guys uh, keep that opportunity to a, to a minimum, you know, like we were saying. Uh, closing thoughts, anybody? Uh, animals are uh, wild and they'll remain as such. And there's not much you can do to uh, to change their minds once they decided they're going to go somewhere. They're going to get there. Um, so just be careful and uh, be on the lookout and uh, be as safe as possible. Hey, for those of you out there, if uh, you like our content, you like to see us make more, uh, follow us on Instagram at Kanks for Maintenance Podcast, uh, Facebook, same thing. We have a Patreon at Patreon slash Kanks for Maintenance. If you guys want to support us, give us show ideas, you want to keep the lights on and keep short on being able to do what he needs to do to keep on providing the content for you. And we also have uh, cancelformaintenance.com. We have an sh- online shop where you guys can buy some merch, some swag from the show. And you could also suggest your show ideas or if you want to be a guest on the show, uh, hit up the website, hit up the contact us and drop us a line. And we will get you heard and we'll get you on the show as, as best we can. All right, everybody have a good day. Thanks for hanging with us.